0: Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. Sorry, I forgot my headset microphone, so I'm going to use the wireless. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to go trap as you've been hearing, uh, tomorrow, or actually tonight, um, really late, uh, I'm going to be traveling down to the 48 for, um, for a pastor's retreat, and then I'm going to go to gather the covenant annual meeting. Um, the covenant's kind of a small denomination, well, relatively small. Um, so a lot of people within it know each other. Um, as an organization, it tends to be very relational. It's all about who you know. Um, and so whenever you go to one of these things um, and you meet someone, people immediately try to figure out who you have in common, who you might know in common. Um, and so my name tag will say I'm from the Alaska conference. And so whenever I'm standing in line and you know, I just chat with somebody, um, they might say, hey, you're from Alaska. That's cool. Do you know I don't know, the Yelms? Uh, because I, I've heard, do you know the Yelms? Several times, so I'm down there. Um, and it's sim- similar. At the Alaska Conference annual meeting, right with just the state of Alaska, um, when you meet someone, they want to know if you have sort of connection with them you know it 's kind of like are you really part of this family and, uh, and I use that term family intentionally because I often describe going to these things as like a, um, as a newcomer, like going to your spouse 's family reunion, okay so everybody 's close, everybody knows each other, everybody's connected, but you and they're happy to see you, right, because you're now part of the family, but they don't know you yet. And so you don't quite know how you fit in. And uh, you can feel a little out of place. Um, now I've been going through these things for a few years now, so I'm starting to build my own connections. And, and it's not as awkward as it used to be, uh, but it's still a little awkward. And I'm, I'm saying all this because people are connected. Um, there's this social theory called small world that tries to explain how humanity is connected. And um, using computer models, um, I think it was first started in uh, 78. Um, So social scientists were were able to kind of figure out that in in America, in the United States, um, everybody in the United States is about three people away from each other. Um, So you know someone that knows someone that knows someone who knows every other person in America. Um, And and you might have heard this idea, like called six degrees of separation, everybody's six degrees separated from each other, which hasn't been proven, but it's kind of based on the same idea, but just on a worldwide scale. We're all connected, right? People are connected. And and because we're all connected, we have certain responsibilities to one another. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, our responsibilities to pray for one another. Uh, As Curtis said, we're in the fourth week in our series of prayer, uh, called "Deeply Rooted," and and the series has grown out of a call made by the denominational president, uh, Tammy Swanson Dreheim, to pray for our denomination ahead of the annual business meeting. Um, and you know that so as well a, as it just has been in our these fractious times, our meetings have been fractious. There's been you know there's always different people with um, different agendas and different ideas and how, how do we live together. Should we live together? Maybe we shouldn't live together. Maybe we shouldn't live without people. Um, it, it's, it can be ugly sometimes. Um, and it's really sad that it is, but it is sometimes. But she asked us to pray because um, prayer is connective intimacy with God. And it brings needs to God and asks God to intervene. In those needs, you know, it's spending time in relationship to develop the same heart and passions as God, and it's a confession that things are so beyond our wisdom and control um, that God is the only one that can make a difference. And so, the first week, uh, we we spoke about praying effectively. And then Pastor Christie shared about um, praying for our needs. And last week, I talked about praying for deliverance. So this week, we're gonna be talking about praying for others. And sorry for that buzzing that keeps going on. So, uh, so it's a little distracting for me, but I'm sure it's distracting for you too. But uh, it's just um, one of our our elders has new hearing aids and they're trying to figure out how to work them. And, and so it just, it's doing a feedback thing. <laughs> so that's what's going on there. It's not anything really in our control, but just so you know. Um, We pray for others because life is more about, is more than just about ourselves, right? Because we're bound to each other, like it or not. And so therefore, as we're bound together, we pray for one another. Um, and this is a big pop topic, and uh, um, it, it'd be really easy to reduce this um, into just praying for other people to receive salvation, and that's a good message that we all need to hear, but I just did a series on blessing right before this series, um, and that was a big part of that. Um, and I think it covered the topic well. So instead, today we're going to be focusing on whom we should pray for and what we should pray for when we pray for them. So first, who should we pray for? So we'll start with that, and then it starts easy. We should pray for the people in our community. Um, this is what we do every week during prayers to the People. Um, Ephesians 6.18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We are one body in Christ. We're one body in Christ. And so when one part aches, we all should ache. right? And I often say that the prayers of the people um, are my favorite time in church. It's my favorite part of the service. Because it's when you are asked to publicly participate. Okay, You're asked, do you have something you need prayer for? What's going on in your life that you need prayer for? What's going on in the lives of the people that you know? And you, you get a chance to say, this is what I'm praying about. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I need. This is what I'm grateful for. And and you know, it's hard, and not everybody does it, and it'd take a really long time if everybody did it. But it's an opportunity. And people do share, right? You guys do share. And and then we pray together. We pray as a community, specifically for the things mentioned. We actively intervene in one another's lives, presenting every need before God. And that's cool. Really, most most churches in America... Um, either because of the culture or, you know, it takes takes some time or, um, you know, just they're just, you know, a lot bigger or something. They don't have time to do that. But we do it every week. And it binds us together as a people, um, united in Christ. I mean, if you if we look around, you know, take a moment, look around, uh, you'll see that we are not the same in this church. Um, we have. Differences of age. We have differences of ethnicities. We have differences of background. And if we start talking, I'm sure we can find more differences, too. Differences of political opinions. Um, sociological differences. Um, even some theological differences. I, I bet to you there, there are significant differences in how we choose to prioritize life, what we think is important. But we come together despite all that, and we lift up one another's needs. Where else in your life do you do that? Where else in your life do you ever get a chance to do that? Um, most of the time, if given the choice, we spend time with folks that look like ourselves and talk like ourselves and believe like we do. Right? Because we, we get to choose. We're like, I'm not going to put up with that. I'm going to go over here. Um, not here. Not during this time. For these few hours, we come together in all of our differences, and we remind ourselves that we are one people, under one Lord. That's huge. That that that's a that's a huge testimony of the church. Okay. So, who else do we pray for? Well, we pray for the our leaders, and for those in authority. First Timothy two one through two. I urge then. First of all, that prayers, petitions, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Uh, Now, when Paul wrote these words to Timothy, um, political leaders had more absolute authority than they do now. Um, You know, there were fewer rules on how they could have people arrested or killed, Um, and persecution of Christians was already starting to become more commonplace. So it was really important to pray for your leaders, because they they could literally hold the power of life and death in their hands. Um, Now today, our lives are much different. But the spiritual, physical, and emotional health of our leaders still matters. And not just big leaders like the president. Smaller leaders, right? Um, I will often pray for my kids' teachers. because I know how much my teacher's health and well-being affects my children. Right? If the teacher's doing well, if they aren't feeling stressed and overwhelmed, I know they'll approach the classroom with a, with a better attitude. And my kids and all the other kids will be able to learn like, more easily. Right? I know this from experience. Right? I used to be a teacher, and if I was really behind on my grading, and if I, or if I just wasn't getting enough sleep, or if I spilled coffee on myself in the first period, all those types of things will affect the quality of my instruction. Right? My classroom management was different depending on how secure I felt in what I was doing and, and the other events around. Okay? So it matters who we pray for. Right? We pray for people in positions of influence. Teachers are definitely one of them. How well, a person authority, how well a person in authority is doing affects all those under that person's authority. And that's, that's why we pray blessings on the president, regardless of our pl- political allegiance, right? We pray for President Biden, just like we prayed for President Trump, and we prayed for President Obama. Their spiritual life and character affects us. We lift up all those in authority, praying that God will bless them and make God's self known to them. We pray that God will keep them healthy and give them wisdom so that their blessings in turn will become our blessings. We want their blessings to become our blessings. And and also, we pray. We pray for our enemies. This is an essential part of Jesus' teaching. In his Sermon on the Plain, uh, the Lucan version of the Sermon on the Mount, Uh, Jesus explicitly teaches people to pray for their enemies. Uh, Luke 6.27, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Jesus does not mean this in an abstract way. He wants us to really bless those that have hurt us. He wants us to be like God, whose mercy knows no limits. He tells us to be merciful, because the Father is merciful. God does not look upon us like enemies. He is always at work trying to redeem and to bless us, even when we act against him. And you can see this in Jesus' life. right? He chose Judas as one of his disciples, the person that would betray him. He was knowingly invited to be one of Jesus' 12 closest students. Jesus even confronted Judas in Matthew 26-25. Uh, um, through 25. Sorry, chapter 26, verses 20 through 25. And I won't read it, but he confronts Judas. And even then, Judas isn't cast out. He's warned, but he stays one of the 12. Similarly, um, the disciple Simon, who is renamed Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples, was warned that he would betray Jesus as well. Uh, Luke 22, 31 through 32. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Okay, I think that's interesting. And when you have turned back. Okay, after you mess up, Jesus prayed that Peter would return to faith after denying him. He prayed that Peter's faith would revive and not fail, and that Peter would help all the other disciples move forward in their faith. No wonder that Peter could write in uh, 1 Peter 3.9, do not repay evil for evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you are called, so that you may inherit the blessing. Peter's life was a testament to the Lord's mercy and goodness. He was a product of blessing. And following those examples, we, we pray for those who hurt us, for those who have done us wrong, for those who have disappointed us and let us down. Pray that they will have the Lord's blessing. Um, and I know that's hard. Uh, that sometimes that's, that's something I've struggled with. I have, I've you know, had my share of abuse, and I've been hurt, and I felt violated like things were taken from me. But God's been good to me. God's been good to me. And I'm not defined by my pain or my abusers. God's mercy and love is what makes me, me. And that doesn't mean that we're all going to go out for ice cream You know um, that's not not really healthy. But um, those of us that have been hurt knows personally, intimately, some of the ways that those that have hurt us are hurt, and how they're broken. And so we pray for their healing, for them to learn God's love and forgiveness, for them to be blessed, just as you've been blessed. And when you pray for people, when you pray for them, what do you pray for? Well, you pray for their healing, both physically and spiritually. James 5:14 through 16. Is one among you sick? Let them call upon the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The Lord is the great healer. Um, I think sometimes we think it's petty to pray for healing. Or um, we don't really believe it will work. Because I think uh, most of us have prayed for someone to get well and they haven't. And that can be hard. And it hurts. And those types of things can eat away at our faith. And so, um, so, maybe we play pay lip service to the idea that God heals. Uh, we don't really ask for it. Not really. Or maybe I'm just projecting. Maybe that's just me. But gods can heal. God can heal. I've seen it. I have lived it. And I don't have great answers for why or why not. Uh, actually, I, I have some answers. But, honestly, any answer always kind of feels hollow whenever you're still dealing with the experience and the disappointment of not not seeing a healing. Illness is commonplace. We've all experienced it. And we all will experience it. And someday, for most of us, it will be the death of us. But the Lord wants prayers for healing to be part of our everyday life. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Okay. Let us do that for you. So we can pray for you. I keep oil in the office. <laughs> um, God can heal. And I believe that. Likewise, we pray for people to receive God. the healing of sin. Um, illness and sin both reveal the brokenness of the world, right? God heals both. He wants to forgive. So pray for one another that we are healed of our sin. And I love that James says um, that we pray for each other that, so that our sins may be healed. Not just forgiven, healed, restored, made whole, reoriented. Right? I love that he uses that language. Because sin does wound us. It is a wound. And we need to be healed from. And so we confess to one another. And and this is something we have a hard time doing. We like to keep our sins private. But James told us to confess to one another so that we can pray for one another. That we may be healed. Not keep it inside. Let it out. So that we can be healed. If you want to be restored, you need a people to be restored to you. If you want to be made whole, you have to admit that you have some holes so that we can be healed. So we pray for others, one another's healing. And we should pray that people grow in spiritual maturity. Um, I, I love that Paul almost always includes his hope for people's spiritual growth in his letters. You can see that over and over in his letters. I mean, listen to this. This is Colossians uh, 1, 9-12. and This is one of my favorite passages of um, Paul's prayers. and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Can you imagine somebody praying that for you? Right? Somebody praying that you have wisdom and insight, um, that you know the goodness of God, that you be surrounded by his love and grace, and that you grow and develop um, to do good things, and that you can withstand whatever the world throws at you because you're so deeply rooted in God? Paul is an amazing cheerleader, in that way, or better yet, he's a coach, right? Um, because a coach sees, he calls out errors and places to grow, but he also encourages you and prays for you that you grow into the person that you are meant to be, right? The person that you can be, and I want somebody like that in my life, right? All right? Right? I, I've had that. I, I love having people like that in my life—mentors that pray for my spiritual health and development. Um, it's something I've had. It's good for me. But as I grow older, I find that I want to be that person. I want to be a person. I want to be the person that prays for people. That prays for people to grow in their faith and spiritual maturity. Right? That's who we're supposed to do. We're called to grow into people that praise, that person for other people. Right? So we receive that And we grow into that to give out. I pray that God fills all of you with knowledge of his will and wisdom of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you grow in spiritual maturity, and your spiritual work will produce good fruit, good eternal fruit. And I pray that you withstand the temptations and the evils of this world, and you grow in your patience and kindness. Those are my prayers for you. And we're all called to pray for one another in that way. None of us have arrived in perfection. So we pray for one another's spiritual growth, for their spiritual work, and for their spiritual health. And the last thing I want to say, we should pray that God continues to knit us together in one body to work for the fullness of his kingdom. None of us are in this alone. None of us are in this alone. We are the family of God, working together for His kingdom. Uh, just a few de- days ago, um, uh, like uh, I think Thursday, I think it was Thursday, um, Thursday night, uh, I received a, a text uh, from the Casarellas in Madagascar. They're in Madagascar right now, and they're visiting the school uh, for disabled children that that we fund. And if you're you're kind of new here, you don't know that. Yeah, we. We fund the school. Um, uh, we pay for the, the rent of the building and the, the location. Um, and we used to pay for more, but things are getting more expensive across the globe. And so right now, all that we can supply just pays for the actual building that they use. But we're a part of that work. If we were alone, we wouldn't even know about our brothers and sisters across the world that need help. right? People wouldn't know. That Koyuk needs fish racks. And they wouldn't go up to, to, to build those. But through prayer, we can join one another in God's work, in building God's kingdom. Right? Romans 15, 30-32. Uh, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggles, right? Through prayer, we join. To join me in my struggles by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judah, Judea, sorry, and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably raised by the Lord's people there, so that I may come to you with joy by God's will, and in your company be refreshed. Right? We join together. Paul, Paul lets the believers in Rome know that they are bound together with him in ministry to the people of Jerusalem. Right? We are bound together. And so we, we, when we pray, we participate in the mission of God. Sure, not all of us can go to all places and do every work. Um, actually, even just this morning, right before church, somebody came in. Um, so he uh, works with an orphanage in Haiti. He's seeking partners um, with that. You know, want him to let me know about that? Right. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. But, and I, I don't know. I don't. Think we can financially, like you know, take on another orphanage? Um, if anything, maybe we should, you know, try to increase our giving to Madagascar or something. But we can still participate. We still join him in prayer, and I did. I prayed for him, and I'll, you know, and I'll continue to pray for him. We'll talk more. But when we pray, we participate in the mission of God. We don't all go every place to do every work, but through our prayers, we lift up that mission. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 10-11. He has delivered us from such deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hopes that he will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on behalf of the gracious favor granted us in order, sorry, in answer to the prayers of many. I guess that really sums up the, the, the point of the whole topic today, which is to say that, We are not in our Christian lives alone. We're in this together. The people in this church, we are in this together. And the people outside of the church, we're in this together. Our relationship with God is not just for us. It's not just our relationship with God. Um, Christ did not consider his personal relationship with God as completely independent. The son of God's humanness bound himself to humanity, right? He chose to be human and bound himself to humanity. Jesus used that to bring us all into the Lord's holy presence so that we can be adopted into the family of God, right? John 1 and 12, to all who did receive him, to those who believed his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, but of human decision, but born of God. And so what do we do with our fancy family status, right? We're adopted into the... A tr- relationship with the triune God we're adopted as God's children what do we do with that we do the same thing that Jesus does we present one another to the Father we present one another to the Father spurring one another on to love and good works and the best tool we have for that is prayer the best tool we have to do that is prayer and that is why we pray for people that is why we pray for one another That is why I need your prayers. And that's why you need my prayers. Take a moment and pray right now. Holy Father, um, thank you for, for the opportunity to be part of a broad and diverse body, God. Thank you, Lord, that that you have saved us, that you love us, and that you invite us to worship with you, God, to worship you, to come before your throne, Lord. And, Lord, I lift up every person here, that they may know that they are part of something larger than themselves, and to encourage them to lift one another up, to, to spur one another on to love and good works, Lord. Lord, we pray for those in leadership. Lord, we pray for President Biden. Uh, We pray um, for Governor Dunleavy. Um, We pray for Mayor Bronson. We pray for our assembly. We pray for our bosses. For our teachers. For all those in authority, God. Lord, may they know your blessing as well. May they come to the knowledge of your goodness so that we can live godly lives, working and striving to to share your name, to proclaim your goodness in all creation. Teach us to be your hands and feet. In Christ's name, amen.